This is The Real Rebel Podcast, episode 13. I don't have time for this nonsense. I don't follow rules. I follow dogs on social media. Oh no. Welcome to the Real Rebel Podcast, where it's all about rebelling against expectations and being unapologetically who you are. Each week, we get real, real with boss ladies going after their dreams and living life on their own terms. And now, here's your host, Katie B. Hey guys. So awesome to have you listening in to this episode of The Real Rebel Podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome you. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Uh, Today's episode is actually the first time I recorded with two people at once. So it was totally new for me and an absolute blast. Today, I talk with Amanda and Jack from the Green Beauty Collective, which is a holistic beauty shop, and their mission is to help women feel reconnected to themselves and their environment through natural beauty. So I can definitely speak to experience in that. Um, I always wanted to use natural beauty products, or not always. There was a point where I made the shift to want to use natural beauty products. And I looked out there, and I couldn't find really much of anything, and I didn't know which ones should I be using and which ones are actually good and which ones are going to be natural but also actually work because trust me, they don't all work. And so Amanda and Jack have basically created a place for women to go to where they have already done all the work for you. They've sourced the best products and they're really creating a very kind, welcoming and helpful environment to just kind of help you make more educated and safe um, purchases when it comes to your beauty and health. And they're super, super uh, great women to talk to. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So out of this episode, you'll get a lot of beauty tips and um, what to do about aging. I mean, because I know that's all kind of on our minds. And we also talk a lot about their journey as entrepreneurs and some of the stuff that they struggled with and how they kind of got over it. So this is a super value-packed episode with some incredible, incredible, truthful, real, badass women. And so I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Let's just jump right on in. So welcome to Jack and Amanda from the Green Beauty Collective. It's awesome to have you with me today. You got my name right. (laughs) People call me Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering, should I I say Jacqueline or should I say Jack? Uh, Jack, yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay, cool. And Amanda, your last name. Oh, you didn't go for it, did you go? I know, Gangoso, is that correct? Uh, Yeah, Gangoso. Yeah, right. And Parker. Jack, Jack Parker. Pretty, yeah. straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Yeah. So um, I'm super excited to have you guys on. You are the founders of the Green Beauty Collective, which is an amazing business. I recently had a session with you, Jack, and it went like, incre- you like cracked open my mind to <laughs> this whole world. And now I used to have like one product that I use and now I have a lot more, which I'm enjoying. Um, but before we get into that, and we we will get really into that, I want to get into your individual journeys before you two came together to find the Green Beauty Collective. So, Jack, you were the founder of Beauty Reawakened, and Amanda, you were the founder of Gangoso Hair, Makeup, and Nutrition. Amanda Gangoso Hair and Makeup. Amanda Gangoso Hair and Makeup. Okay. <laughs> so maybe um, we'll start with you, Jack. Um what was your journey to creating that? And and um, maybe you can just tell us a little bit about how you got to the place of like creating something like that for yourself and just give us like a snapshot of that story. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. I never thought of myself as being an entrepreneur when I was younger. Um, I had a, kind of like a beginner's entrepreneurial class and I was always in um, business classes in school. Um, and when I was living in New York city, I kind of had my own 
you know, kind of awakening to what I was actually putting on my body and what I was eating. And I had a friend at the time introduce me to a natural mascara and it really sparked my interest. And, um, I actually decided to move home to Vancouver to kind of explore this world of, of natural makeup and natural skincare. Um, and at the time I was, I was just freelancing, working a lot in fashion. To be honest, I wasn't making a ton of money because, um, I was really just trying to build my portfolio and get experience. And I remember meeting with a friend and telling her this idea that I had of wanting to switch over my kit. And I was very, very scared because at the time, about four and a half years ago, I didn't know if anyone actually wanted that service. It was, it was mostly coming from my own personal need of wanting to switch over, but I, I just didn't want to use conventional makeup products on my clients anymore because it didn't feel good. And I remember her looking at me saying, you know, if you're passionate about this, other people are going to feel that and they're going to feel connected to that. And then they're going to want that because they feel connected to you. Uh, so I basically donated and sold my entire makeup kit and I hooked up uh, with a woman in the industry, Joanne, and she also helped me um, with my makeup kit. She owns a company called Sappho. Uh, so she supported me through that transition and that's kind of how it all started. And I just really started plugging away and contacting companies, learning more about their products, trying out different products and just kind of putting myself out there and saying like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I do. And I'm, I'm super excited to, to go on this new journey. So it kind of just organically blossomed from there and, and people started becoming more interested in natural cosmetics and started looking to me as kind of a leader in the industry because they knew nothing about it. So everyone was coming to me for product suggestions and like DIY recipes and kind of as a guide um, to help them transition over themselves. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how it happened with me uh, for my own business. And uh, I started getting inquiries from brides wanting um, natural or vegan or cruelty-free options. Um, and then now, four and a half years later, the industry is just totally blown up. There's a ton of uh, products to choose from now, uh, whereas, you know, five years ago, there wasn't as many. And uh, people just started asking me where I can buy the products. And that's kind of how we started into Green Beauty Collective. That's awesome. Yeah, I know speaking for myself, I remember about maybe four or five years ago, I was really kind of reading up on um, natural beauty and natural um, health and all of that. And I remember reading about what was in makeup. And I used to, you know, I didn't wear a lot of makeup. I never really have, but like I had all the Mac and all that kind of stuff. And I remember what's that website that tells you what's in all of it? It's like, um, it's just EWG. Yeah. So there's a skin deep database and it basically comes from the David Suzuki foundation. Uh, that's kind of where it all started. Um, David Suzuki created this list of, uh, like 12 things that you should avoid in your personal care products. And then that's when the EWG, uh, skin deep database was created. And you can actually go on there and type in any ingredient that is on, you know, a box of cleanser or a hairspray. And you can see some of the studies that they've done on those ingredients. You can see if it's safe um, and kind of what other products are in it. So they have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of different products and, and brands on that database. So it's really interesting and it's a really good resource. Yeah. And I remember going on there and like looking at all the stuff I have and being like, oh, yeah. shoot. <laughs> and so, and so I remember being like looking and there not being anything and being very confused and nothing was like together and nothing was easy. So I just was like, all right. And so I stopped wearing everything and I just started using um, avocado oil to clean my face, <laughs> to moisturize my face, every, everything. And I didn't wear any makeup on my face, not because I didn't want to. And when I wear some, I feel kind of, you know, good, but I just was like, I don't feel safe yeah. with, you know, I don't know hundred percent about anything. So that's, that's really neat that you did that. Um, and, and I'm really excited to get into I just want to talk about the Green Beauty Collective so badly, but I know it's not the time yet. So. <laughs> soon, soon. Soon, soon. So, um, Amanda, you um, had your own, you're also entrepreneurial and you had your own 
um, business going on. Did you ever think that you were you always an entrepreneurial spirit, or how did you come about your your business before you collaborated with Jack? Um, I think that entrepreneurial spirit was always there. I started off at, in a traditional makeup artist setting. I went to school. I filled my kit with Mac and all the conventional brands, and you know, for the first year or two, I was a bit younger then. In the first year or two, I was sort of mainly the first year, just expecting work to come to me. And it doesn't. And I'm sure every entrepreneur in the beginning is kind of like, okay, um, so to make this happen, I actually have to get out there and start working and networking and signing up for workshops and programs and and just really going for it. Like nothing is really going to fall into your lap. Um, So before, I think in the first couple of years, there was a little work here and there for me. And I, I just about gave it up. But then I thought, you know, I've spent the money to put myself through school and I have to give this my 110% all before I actually decide to quit. And so I decided to do that and I'm still doing makeup freelancing, you know, 12 years later, which is a great sign, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. And I, I've always, you know, I'm always involved in little projects and friends are always asking me, you know, so what are you up to now? What's going on with you now? Cause I guess I seem to have all kinds of exciting things going on. Um, yeah, so that would be the entrepreneurial side for sure. And it's always a learning experience every single day. And then I'm sure we'll get into that too when we start talking about the Green Beauty Collective <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I got questions for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so, so, okay, so you both had your own things going and it really speaks to you about your persistence because I feel like a lot of the time I had this experience when I got out of holistic nutrition school, I stepped out the door and I was almost like, okay, like everybody come to me. I'm ready for you. And like crickets. <laughs> so I kind of gave up on it. And and I think it ultimately was the right decision. But I feel like oftentimes it's right when we feel like we want to quit. It's like pushing past that barrier. That's where then things start to kind of slowly um, get rolling. So I think that that's really amazing that you kept with it. And it's a testament to to persistence and patience, um, just your story. I will add too. Um, so, you know, I started makeup artistry in 2004. And then I decided to go to school for holistic nutrition in, 20, I think it was 2012-ish. But after, you know, my experience as a freelancer, as a makeup artist, I went into schooling for holistic nutrition with a different idea. I knew that I would have to take certain steps to get to a certain point and do the jobs that you might not want to do in the beginning and just to get that experience and exposure for certain certain products or, you know, lines or whatever. So um, I thought that that was a, a valuable lesson in my earlier entrepreneurial life to go back to school, getting into another industry that is very unregulated and, you know, doesn't have a job for you as soon as you walk out the door. I I think, you know, that those are all good life lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Totally. Sometimes you have to do the job that you don't want to do to get to the place you want to get to. But yeah, when we look into the the world of entrepreneurship, especially um, female entrepreneurship, I find it looks so perfect. And like, you're just going to walk out the door and you're going to look beautiful and you're going to have like over 10,000 followers on Instagram instantly. And like, that's just not quite the way it goes. It really works out like. (laughs) It's a freaking slog in the mud sometimes. Yeah. 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 So so let's get into uh, the Green Beauty Collective, which is a holistic beauty shop. And like I said before, I I came in and saw you, Jack. And it's speaking um, from experience, it's just so nice to have like, one place that you can go that you know everything is vetted for and you know that whatever you buy, it's going to be safe and eco-friendly and good to use and good quality too. So maybe you guys can talk a bit about um, your mission with Green Beauty Collective and just how you got to creating it and just give us the the story. Should we start with how we met? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start there. Um I remember my meet. I don't even know your version of it, but my version of it is um, I was working at a, an event here in Vancouver at Finlandia. It's a well-known uh, health and wellness shop. And um, yeah, I was demoing a natural makeup line at that time. And there were a few other vendors there and Jacqueline was there. And we just started chatting and I hadn't met 
another makeup artist that was using natural and organic. Um, I'll just add quickly when I was in school for holistic nutrition. And of course, at that time, you're learning about your products, where they come from, the quality. That's when it clicked for me about the products that I was putting on people's skin every day. And that's when I decided to switch over all all of my products that I was using in my freelance um, career. Anyway, so I I hadn't met another makeup artist that was using natural and organic before. So Jacqueline and I just kind of clicked and we started chatting and we started working with each other on freelance jobs, brides and makeup jobs. And we have a similar work ethic and a similar style of hair and makeup too, um, which is, you know, we, we really like to enhance features of women. Um, makeup is a huge industry and it's a lot of fun and you can transform faces. And I think that's amazing. But for me personally, it's not really my style. Um, I, I want a woman to look in the mirror and, and feel like herself, um, like the best version of herself, you know, and still herself that's very true when you did my makeup for um when I did a photo shoot with Heather Pinnell for the podcast um who actually we're gonna record next week together um yeah she uh, you did my makeup and I remember looking in the mirror because whenever I get my makeup done by someone I'm always like I have to like brace myself for the moment I look in the mirror because sometimes I look and I'm like oh my god like who is that woman (laughs) (laughs) this is a lot and I looked in the mirror I was like oh and it really was kind of just like an enhancement like a gentle enhancement of what was already there which I think is kind of rare when you're getting your makeup done because it feels and when you were putting it on I was thinking is anything really going on because like you're so (laughs) gentle Lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like getting like a makeup facial, I guess you would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's like similar to what our skincare products are, you know, just with color. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was very refreshing. It was, it was uh, surprising and, and it was nice because I felt, I looked in the mirror and I was like, I felt like myself. I didn't feel like, you know, a dolled up, caked up version. So yeah. it, was, yeah. it was very nice. Yeah. So, anyways, I interrupted. No, no, it's okay. Um, um, we have a similar work ethic and, and style. So naturally we just started working together more and more. And then Jacqueline actually put together an event a couple of years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I did a talk about collagen production in the skin and how to keep that up as you're aging gracefully. And, um, and I think that was really that event too, that just started to get the ball rolling with ideas. And the more we work together, the more we wanted to keep working together. So the Green Beauty Collective really came to be because we were using similar products. Um, We were selling products to our clients and we were selling each other's products to Mm -hmm. clients because we're like, oh, I like that lipstick you're selling. I want to sell that to my client. Um, So, you know, our, our clients were looking for a place to get these products that we were using on them. And instead of sending them to a bunch of different places online or different websites, we decided to open up our own store. But with that came the education component as well of, um, you know, what to look for in your products, how to use what you're buying. So it's not just sitting in your drawer um, to, you know, we want to be a trusted resource of information for, for people. Uh, we want to do the hard work for people. And we already have started that, I think too. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I first started um, doing consultations uh, through Beauty Reawakened, what I was finding is people would come to me and they'd sit and have their, you know, hour consultation. And then I was sending them away to, to different websites and I was actually losing a lot of money. <laughs> so I would be making money doing the consultation. And I actually started having people, customers say to me like, Jacqueline, you're turning away so much money. They're like, I'm willing to, you know, put down 200, $300 to switch yeah. over all of my stuff. And this money is going to someone else and it's not going to you. So that's kind of when I realized, you know, I have to invest a little bit of money here and uh, start carrying some products. And it's, it's insane. Like over, you know, a year later, we now carry 13 brands when I started off with just one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, grown very organically. And, um, I think that's really cool because we've taken the time to really research the brands and choose from, you know, there's, there's a ton of people who are making natural skincare and and makeup now. Um, but we've really filtered through all of that and made sure to bring in 
products that we actually really believe in and products that we would use in our own professional kits. Mm -hmm. Do you ever see in the future, however far or near, creating your own line of stuff or is that totally off the radar? It's come up in conversation. (laughs) (laughs) People people ask that all the time. Yeah. 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 It's definitely come up in conversation. Um, and it it could happen for sure. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's constantly ideas coming our way and, and, um, we'll, we'll just have to see. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, I think for the most part, like we're pretty, we're pretty happy with what's on the market. Mm -hmm. Um, there are times where, you know, we just wish there was one thing that worked, you know, as well as it, the conventional version of it. Um, but yeah, potentially. <laughs> maybe, <Story>. maybe. <laughs> so so you guys have the Green Beauty Collective up and running and it's doing really well. Um, I think it's going to keep on growing and growing. Um, but uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of story about any kind of roadblocks you encountered, especially in the beginning or because I find that when you're, when you start something, it's really, really exciting. And I don't know, for me, then you like look up the mountain and you're like, holy crap, (laughs) this feels big and you have to take it step by step. So was there anything in the beginning that just had you feeling kind of like this is never going to happen or any kind of moments like that? Yeah, I think we ran into roadblocks like probably every single week because we, we grew really quickly and we weren't really prepared for that growth, I guess you could say. And um, we're total bootstrappers. So we've just kind of done it the way that we know how. Um, we don't have much formal um, education uh, to run a business. And so, yeah, I mean, we've faced, we've faced a lot of different things, mostly um, kind of getting over the hurdle of still continuing to freelance as makeup artists, but mm-hmm. being available to our Green Beauty Collective customers to just pop in the store whenever they'd like. Um, unfortunately, right now, we're not here all the time and we do have people walking into the store um, kind of thinking that it's your traditional makeup store when it's, when it's not. And uh, so that's one of the hurdles that we're kind of um, struggling with right now. Um, And then something else that um, I guess comes up is that people really like that one-on-one in-person experience with us. And uh, we want to really be able to provide that. But again, like I said, we're not always available to do so. Um, And it's kind of this fight between do we want to uh, create an online business or do we want to create something that's in person? And Mm. that's been uh, another hurdle for us. It's just trying to figure out the direction that we we really want to take the Green Beauty Collective. So do you have, are you leaning any one way so far or like what's the, cause I know the online world is, it's so um, appealing cause you don't need to pay for a space and you can reach a much bigger audience. But I also know for me, at least the joy of like working with somebody one-on-one is that that real in-person connection is, and to have just like a base is really, really good too. So, I mean, it's a tough decision. It's a very tough decision. I think yeah. we're still working through it. It ebbs and flows a little bit for us too, as freelance work does. You know, we we are in a space, um, we call it our Green Beauty Collective headquarters. Um, so it's not really a, a, officially a store. Um, but we, you know, the people who come see us regularly like to come see us in person. So we're just trying to figure out how we can have that in-person feeling too, as well as have the online presence, I think, um, Mm -hmm. but still keep it. I have to say it authentic. (laughs) (laughs) I know used word of authenticity, but you know, we just want to be real with everyone. So, um, in person is like the best way to do that. Right. When you Mm -hmm. see someone face to face. Yeah. And I think people really enjoy working with us because one of the, the issues with the green beauty community right now is that it's all online. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't really have that opportunity to go into a store and try on a lipstick or match their foundation. They're basically playing a guessing game by ordering products online and then not being able to return it if it's the wrong color because it's such such a small uh, industry still um, that Mm -hmm. they they don't really have that option of like returning anything they want to Sephora. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why people really enjoy working with us and coming into the studio and um, just having that that unique experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll see to come. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's a hard to find, especially when you do want something that matches your skin and and it's hard to know because I had no idea and you were you in like two seconds were like oh yeah this will be probably for your skin and it worked perfectly and I was like I would have had no idea um so you I'll just say really quickly we do offer a sample program though for those who are not in Vancouver and it's it's on our website and we can we can generally tell by chatting with someone um you know their skin tone and we'll send a few tones of a foundation if they wanted to try them before they bought them. So we have that available. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, that's really neat. Um, shifting gears a little bit, I find that when we go into something like, and that that authentic word, we <laughs> I know it's so overused. <laughs> when I hear it, I kind of cringe a little bit. But um, when we when we are in, a, in alignment, let's say, with um, what we're supposed to be doing in the world, and you go and you step and you go to bring that into the world, oftentimes we're faced with our biggest insecurities or we kind of um, we're taught some really big lessons, whether you're slammed against a brick wall or like it's whispered gently into your ear. Um, maybe if you could each tell us individually what was one lesson that you've either you're in the process of learning or that um, you really kind of were faced with or that you had to kind of work through personally when starting this? I already know. (laughs) Well, I, I've always felt like I've had so much information to share with people, but I am not and haven't really been very strong at public speaking. So it, I, that event that I worked uh, with Jacqueline with when I was did a talk about collagen, I was like crapping my pants. I was scared. <laughs> I was so afraid, but I wanted to do it because I know it's one of those things. Like I, I know I have information to share that's valuable to people. I get asked questions all the time with my makeup background, with my holistic nutrition background. And the only way to get over that is to do it. So I started putting myself in situations where I just had to get up in front of people and talk. And, you know, my heart would be pounding out of my chest. My armpits are all sweaty. My mouth is dry, but it was only for like the first few minutes and probably the week leading up to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just that, just that one week. Just a little bit of, just whatever. <laughs> but I have to say within the year, like her and I have talked about this before, you know, just in this last year that we've been working together and hosting workshops and doing talks, the difference in how my body reacts now is so it's so different because I've just been doing it and I'm realizing I'm not going to die. It's totally fine. You know, people are looking at me for information and want to listen to what I have to hear. Mm. I am good enough to do this, right? Like that's totally one, one huge fear that I had for so long. So I'm still working on that though. Yeah. And, and I'm always so curious, where do you think that fear comes from? Is it something from childhood? Because I know for me, um, it's very similar. I think we often have a fear of being seen or fear of being heard. And um, that usually comes from somewhere. Do you have any idea of like where that might have stemmed from for you? I'm sure it was a childhood thing of um, just growing up in a certain environment, perhaps. Um, just not feeling good enough in a lot of situations or thinking like I would sound stupid or, um, but I have always gone along very well with people. Like I'm not afraid of people. I can chat with anyone. No problem. I can level with someone really quickly. So it's not a a shyness or anything. It's in that respect, but, um, yeah, there's always that fear that you're just might not be good enough. And, you know, when we are surrounded by so much on social media and there's a lot of comparison, even though you try not to do it, it it's hard to ignore sometimes. Um, but I think it's, it's always going to be a growth process, you know, and it's for me using my voice and just putting it out there is, is I think one of my important life lessons. Uh, so I'll just keep rolling with that personally. Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear you on that. That's why this podcast is even happening is because that's something that I need to also get over. It's like the feeling of, um, is what I have to say worthy 
enough, you know, and, and, and it comes, it definitely stems from a place of worthiness. And I think that's a really um, big issue for a lot of women, uh, if not sad to say, but most um, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of face this, like, am I good enough to put this out there? Is this going to be accepted? Or is this all going to blow up in my face? And the very character of who I am will not be accepted. And that is like a very scary thing. So, but like you said, I love how you're, you're just so aware that you just got to keep doing it. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And the more you, you grow and, and uh, evolve as, as a person. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really cool. Thank you for letting yeah. us in on that. Yeah, of course, of course. And I think at the end of the day, it's really, you, you know, you do it for you and then whoever listens will listen and whoever doesn't want to won't. And that's okay. Right. Yeah. Just detaching from, from anybody in particular, even agreeing with or or liking it is like you gotta let it go because otherwise you'll never do anything because there's always gonna be someone who doesn't agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Jack? What uh, what's your big lesson? It's it's funny. I was I was gonna say something similar. Um especially being someone who's online all the time and um you know putting out your knowledge and your passion into the world, it can be really scary because you don't know how people are gonna react to it and you don't know how people are going to respond. So having that fear of um, opening up to being that expert and trusting that people are going to trust that you know the facts and and um, that you are right. And you know, for me personally, that comes from um, a, a big wounding from my childhood as a dancer. Um, I was in ballet for most of my life and I was always told that I would never be a professional dancer, that I was never good enough, that I was too tall, um, that I was not flexible enough. And so um, I think that fear of not being enough comes from that. So yeah, just putting yourself out there and and being really confident um, that that someone is going to benefit from uh, what you have to offer. And, you know, it's been proven like a lot of people are really benefiting from what I have to say and the information that I'm putting out in the world. So um, seeing those results and hearing those testimonials and those stories uh, really uh, confirm for me that I'm doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you do just need to put it out there to prove to yourself almost that like, you know, wake up lady, like this is the right thing and you are worth it and you do have something of value to offer. And it's almost like you're robbing everybody else of, you know, your gift, if you're, if you can't muster the courage to just put it out there, which is the hardest part, the beginning, right? Like that talk you did, Amanda, where your heart was leaping out of your chest. Yeah. I remember the first time, um, Instagram stories first came out. I was like, Amanda, we have to get on this Instagram story. And we literally held up our phone and stared at the camera for like five minutes before pressing record. And then we would press record and go, hi. Oh no, that was bad. That was awful. I was like such an idiot. Uh, and now I see Amanda doing stories all the time. I'm like, look at you. You're so confident. And it was, back. Yeah, yeah, it was getting past that initial, like, holy crap, I'm on screen right now and everyone can see me. And even now with like Facebook live and Instagram live, it's like, whoa, this takes it to the next level because I'm actually totally. live and I can't erase this. And you know, even being on a podcast is like, crap, what if I say the wrong thing? <laughs> but uh, it doesn't really matter in the end because, no. you know, there's there's so much fake information and, and edited photos and edited everything now. It's like, it's hard to, to, to trust um, people who are out there in the world. And uh, for us, being authentic is, is really important. And we want people to to see who we are to the core. And, you know, if we screw up, that might make them feel more confident about something that they're doing and um, that they don't have to be perfect all the time. Oh, I am not perfect. Yeah. For sure. No. I mean, and, and the trouble is like, we know it, but we, it's really hard to like separate yourself from that. And, and people just want to see something real. And, and I think that's, um, I mean, for me, that's why I gravitated towards you guys as well, because I was like, these are just two like real chicks, like doing like what they know is right for them. And and people need to see that. People need to see the mess ups. They need to see um, it's like a relief almost. It's like a breath of fresh air when I when somebody messes up because it's like, oh, yeah, actually, we're all human. Guess <laughs> like, what? We're human. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> 
that, yeah, that's really, I, I think that's really uh, great of you guys to share that because I, I do feel like that is a huge issue for a lot of women is just the feeling of, of worthiness and whether or not you feel like you can really put your, put your work out there. And so it's, it's good to see that, um, women who have done it and are doing a good job of it and being successful and they've, they've broken past that barrier and that it is possible. Um, you just have to be willing to be a little afraid. And, and when you were talking about the Instagram videos, I totally did the same thing. I would, I would say something. And then halfway through, I'd be like, what am I saying? I don't know. Like, like cursing all over the place. It was not okay to put that out. And that's not to say that, you know, it's all easy now. It's still difficult picking up that phone some days and and putting yourself out there. So it definitely doesn't go away, but it gets easier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Totally. Okay. So we're going to shift gears here a bit again. Um, we're, I mean, we're about halfway, maybe a little over halfway. And I want to make sure that um, you guys can impart some of your beauty wisdom, natural beauty wisdom onto the listeners, because I think you guys really have a lot of really good information. Um, so let's get into a couple questions. You mentioned collagen before, which is, um, I, I see like collagen in the stores and I'm like, should I be eating that? Or like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess I think a lot of, on a lot of women's mind is the topic of aging and like aging gracefully and helping to keep our skin as healthy as possible for as long as possible. What advice would you guys have for, for women in regards to aging and collagen and all that good stuff? Um, I think one of the biggest, you know, something that I get all the time as a makeup artist is before I barely even learn the person's name who's about to sit down in my chair, they start pointing out all their flaws. Oh, I look so terrible today. Can you make me look 20 years younger? Oh, you have a lot of work ahead of you. Um, instantly putting themselves down and just self-deprecating comments instantly. Mm-hmm. And guys do it too. I, I get it from men as well, but women, you know, I work mainly with women, so that's my experience. And I think it's it's sad because that's not what I see when someone sits down in my chair. Like I have a job to do, and yes, I work in an industry that um, can be really hard at times and, and focus on appearance. Um, I think the most important thing is to know that you're going to age and we all get pimples and we all have bags under our eyes in the morning and when we're tired or, you know, we all eat cheesies, right? Everybody eats cheese sometimes, <laughs> Hawkins cheesies. Am I the only one? I don't know. A hundred percent. You're not the only one. <laughs> um, so I think that's what, that's one of the most important things is just, it is knowing that it's okay to have, laws, whatever, you know, those things may be to you. And, um, that's the, what's the word? Emo- not emotional, spiritual, not the physical side of it, but like just the that- energetic side. Thank you. Energetic. <laughs> um, I think that's one of the most important things is just not having to feel like you need to defend the way you look mm-hmm. to anyone. Um, and then, if you want to get into products though, if you do want to yeah. starting, you know, some, uh, a really good skincare routine to age more gracefully, it's using good quality products. Um, having, for example, you know, your skincare routine, a cleanser, toner, moisturizer. And that's where we come in. Cause people are like, well, what's a toner? How do I use it? Do I actually need it? Um, Things like staying out of the sun and SPF, like that's a real deal. That's an actual thing that you need to consider um, when when taking care of your skin. And if you want to slow down the process of sun damage and wrinkles and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, a lot of that information that's out there is is not untrue, but there is a way to approach it in a way that doesn't have to be negative or self-deprecating. It's, it's in a way that you want to take care of yourself. You want to take care of your skin. You want to use great quality products from companies that you, you know, and believe in, right. Mm-hmm. That whole part of it is, uh, is important. So you, you mentioned cleanser, toner, moisturizer, mm-hmm. and I just want the listeners to know when I talk about product on here, I'm not like trying, I don't have any, there's no affiliation or anything like that. Like I 
<laughs> just I'm talking about it because and I'm not a big product user. So this is saying a lot when I when I say this too, but there's one product, an exfoliation product by Viva, Jack, that you introduced me to. Yeah. Yeah, the exfoliating gel. <laughs> yeah. You had me put it on exfoliating gel. It's crazy. Okay. So she she had me put it on my hand and she, I was she's like, you know, rub it in. And so I was. And then all these like little like bally things were there. I'm like, oh, the exfoliating beads have been activated. And she was like, no, actually, that's just your dead skin coming <laughs> off. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I really that and I, I've used it on my face like, you know, a couple times a week. And I'm always like I it's so amazing, like how much comes off. Um, so but I'm a little confused as to which order do I use the stuff. So do I use the exfoliator and then the cleanser and then the toner and then the moisture? Or like, what's what's the proper order and why? It's really interesting the way that we've been programmed um, to view kind of like our skincare regime, mostly because of marketing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we've kind of been always told that you have to have an eye cream and you have to use a separate day cream and a separate night cream. And, um, you know, it's mostly a way of selling more product, to be quite honest. Uh, The only reason you might need a product for nighttime is if you have extremely dry skin and you need something very rich, um, or if it has something like retinol in it, which is uh, photosensitive. So you can't put something like that on during the day. Um, what we always suggest for a daytime routine is splashing your face with, um, some water just to wake yourself up, uh, clean your skin off a little bit, uh, spritz your skin with a toner and then add your moisturizer for the day. And then when we're going into nighttime, that's when you actually want to use a cleanser. If you're just going to use your cleanser once. Um, and the reason being is because you're out in the world, um, there's external toxins entering, um, and sitting on top of your skin, you're sweating. Um, you know, there's just lots of oils and dirt and grease and grime building up on the skin. So that's when you want to remove it because you're going to be then lying down on your pillow and, you know, sleeping on all of that gunk. So if you're going to cleanse your skin at all, you want to do it at night. Um, and then again, you're going to use your toner next to balance out the pH of the skin after you cleanse. Um, And then you can go into using any type of serum, um, like a vitamin C serum or a moisturizing serum. Uh, And then you can put on your moisturizing cream, whether that's, you know, a night cream, a richer night cream, or the same one that you use during the day. Hmm. Um, And another point that I will add, um, it's always important to put an SPF on during the day, even if it's you know, uh, not sunny out. Um, even if you're wearing a sunscreen or, um, a makeup that has a little bit of SPF in it, um, just protect yourself while you are outside. Even if you're only outside for like a 20 minute bike ride, it's still important. Um, so yeah, we, we always suggest something, um, at least three steps, cleanse, tone, moisturize. And then if you want to add those extras, you can, um, Something that a lot of people ask us is why would I use an oil or can I just use like an avocado oil on my skin? Um, The way that we, yeah. And the way that we kind of view this is um, in thinking about food, you wouldn't just use food and you wouldn't just consume water. Um, So we always tell people you have to use a moisturizer that has water in it because your skin needs that water. And then you can also pair that with an oil um, for your antioxidants and your nutrients for your skin. And so um, I never really suggest that people just use an oil. I always um, suggest that they use that water component. Um, So you can put an oil on after your water-based moisturizer to kind of lock everything in. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is very, very informative. I wanted to add something as well back to your question about aging more gracefully and nutrients and collagen and that kind of thing. Like, you know, we, again, back to the nutrition part of it, we, we eat certain foods of quality or local, you know, we do the best we can with the food that we eat because we want to take care of our body. So it's the same thing with your skincare and the ingredients in your skincare and the oils and what they're going to do for your skin. It's, it's, like food for your skin, really. So when you're looking at ingredients of a conventional item and then the ingredients of something that's made with hydrosols and, you know, plants grown on an island, on Vancouver Island in Souk, one of our 
one of our brands is there and they're amazing wild hub botanicals there you go um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can tell us all the brands and just a heads up to listeners anything they mention i will link to specifically in the show notes anything they say i'll list it out in the show notes you guys can always head over to the website um, to find out all the information all the links all that stuff so feel free to like brand drop i think people want to know so whatever you want to tell us it's 100% welcome okay awesome um so yeah, just as we're choosing those good quality foods for our body and to fuel our body, it's the same thing with our skin as well. And um, that that's how I like to put it. And, you know, that's how what we do works as well, because it's it's food mm-hmm. for your body. It's food for your face. It's, mm-hmm. it's an energetic thing as well, right? Yeah, so, we even get a lot of people coming in that have um, eczema or psoriasis or acne. And typically the first thing that we ask them is what is your diet like and what are your stress levels like? Because um, we believe that skincare can absolutely help and absolutely make a difference. But if you're not changing your diet or even looking into that, it's just going to be a Band-Aid and it's not going to work forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of skin issues are um, results of poor diet or... Um, uh, even allergies or sensitivities to certain foods or medications, um, whatever it might be. Um, I know for myself, uh, the birth control pill made my skin go crazy. And it wasn't until I went off of the birth control pill that all of that inner, um, stress was showing up. Um, the birth control pill was basically covering it all up. And I had no idea that there was actually some inner issues going on um, until I, I stopped taking it. And so it took me about a year to to really dive in and sort out all of those issues, um, whereas someone might just use, you know, proactive to, to cover that up as a Band-Aid. So we really like to, to ask people about their lifestyle uh, before diving into like, hey, you should buy this product because it's really not going to get any of us anywhere. That's so true. Yeah, that's why we call ourselves, you know, we're a holistic beauty experience. And it's because we look at the body as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's I can totally connect to your story, Jack. I was on the birth control pill for my skin. I had my back would break out, my arms, my chest, my whole face. And so it was hormonal. And I went on the birth control pill. I was on it for eight years. When I got off, it was kind of like, everything that was a problem was like waiting there like to express itself it was like <laughs> ah, like you are 16 again and like here's all your stuff and I was like ah and I knew that I had to figure it out from within and I was in holistic nutrition school so it helped it was like this I can't be taking birth control pills my whole life because I don't feel like a real human when I'm on them like I feel totally off and it did also take me about a year of working on my inner body in order for that stuff to finally clear. And it's hard when you have, you know, acne on your skin and you don't feel so good about yourself. And so I can totally appreciate that journey. Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, I, I had great skin my whole life and it wasn't until having acne that I could really feel what a lot of women feel when they don't want to leave the house without makeup. I understand what that feels like now and it's not a good feeling Um, so we want to help, uh, women heal their acne and, uh, conceal it in the healthiest way possible because it's something that affects a lot of women and it's, um, yeah, it's a a crappy feeling leaving the house when you don't feel that you look good. Yeah, totally. Totally. And I have, um, Oh, this is so good, but we have to wrap up soon. I have two questions. I I really want to get in before we kind of start to wrap things up. Number one. I find a lot of women, at least the ones I talk to, they're busy entrepreneur ladies. And also, this is a selfish question because I also have this problem. Um, (laughs) Darkness under the eyes. And I think we talked a bit about this, Jack, when I was there. And puffiness. Mm -hmm. What is the best way to deal with this? Like your maybe top three tips or or how you help people with this issue? Um, Well, from a nutrition side, if you're constantly under stress, you know, and your go, 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 Uh, adrenal fatigue can be a huge component in, in the under eye and what it looks like. And also food sensitivities. Um, Mm -hmm. some people just naturally have a little bit of, it's a little darker under the eye and also depending on your ethnicity as well. Um, 
so uh, yeah, there's a few components there looking for adrenal support, um, checking out food sensitivities, but then of course on the product side of it, on the physical side of it, you know, purchasing an awesome concealer just to brighten the under eye and choosing a color that blends well with your skin and even brightens up a little bit. Um, we have a few, we have a few tips that can definitely help with that. Like, um, even when Jacqueline talks about eye health, we have an eye cream with a little bit of green tea extract and cucumber extract and it's cooling. So you instantly feel that cooling sensation when you put it on Mm. and, and just that in itself feels really nice. And then as you're getting that physical, you know, the eye cream, the concealer, once you get that routine down, then you can start looking into the adrenal and you know, the sleep factor as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something else that I was going to say that I tell everyone is drink more water. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Drink yeah. more water, try and get a little bit of extra sleep. Um, yeah, it's, it can be a hereditary thing. Like some people just can't, can't get rid of it. Um, but yeah, I definitely notice when I've, I haven't had a lot of sleep or that my iron levels are low because I get that yeah. like really blue color under the eyes. So yeah. Yeah. Do iron. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, just so listeners know, we had a little knock on the door of like a green beauty collective visitor. Is that <laughs> sorry about that? <laughs> oh no, no, no. It's all good. I just like to say, say what it is in case you're curious. It's, it's like, I, I could care less. Uh, it's, it's like real life, right? There's yep. stuff going on. Stuff going on. Um, so w- my other question, if you, were like trapped on a desert island and you could take three of your products with you, what would you take? <laughs> oh, what do we say? Three products? Three products. Okay, I already know. Um, okay, my three products would be our Viva Hyaluronic Acid Serum. Uh, we talk about this product a lot and we've, we've written articles on it. We have videos on it. We have a ton of information on our website about this. Uh, product in particular it's a moisturizing um, serum so I would take that I would take my elate wonder universal cream which is a cheek highlighter uh, I think you got one of those oh <laughs> yes I'm wearing it today <laughs> uh, I would take that and I was gonna say salt our coast salt spray but because I'm on a desert island I'm assuming I'll be in the tropics so I won't need it yeah. <laughs> um, so in that case I would maybe take um one of our spella lipsticks uh Mm. i really like dark uh kind of vampy lip colors Mm. and um our spella lip colors are cruelty free vegan and they stay for like eight hours they're super long wearing Mm. um yeah they're they're pretty awesome they're a new product that we just brought in recently what's your favorite color from stella uh it's called Mm. happy hour it's like dark um, Merlot wine color. It's really beautiful. Beautiful for fall, yeah. especially fall, yeah. winter. Yeah. Okay. I will be shopping later. And <laughs> Amanda, how about you? Yeah. Okay. My desert island. I always say that I love dry shampoo. So our Coast Beauty dry shampoo in the dark color, it has a light scent of cocoa. I have super, super fine hair that gets oily really quickly. Thankfully, ocean water helps that a little bit, but I'll, I'll take along my dry shampoo for sure. Yeah. And, and the fact that you always wear hats. I always wear hats. Um, I am not one of those people that can like have a shower and let my hair air dry. It's like in a hundred different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would take one of our Wild Hill Botanical toners. I think for mm, Desert Island, I'd choose the Newt Carose. It's really hydrating and calming and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Love that. Oh, no. more. Ooh, we got another visitor. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Desert Island, Desert Island. You know what? I'm, I love my exfoliating gel too. The Amaze exfoliating. So good. And I figure with all that sun exposure and maybe the dry, salty air, maybe yeah. we'll to exfoliate. <laughs> so yeah. I'll say that one too. Totally. Uh, Amaze exfoliating gel, the Coast Beauty dry shampoo, and then my Wild Hill Botanicals Nuka Rose toner. Amazing. And sun- of course, um, we carry the Cyberderm sunscreen. Uh, so sunscreen would definitely be kind of that like 
extra added bonus. Yeah. Like you snuck that one in your back pocket when (laughs) no one was looking. (laughs) Very good. Thank you for that. Okay. So now this is, these are the last two questions I ask all of my guests at the end here. Um, So what advice would you give each of you give your 20 year old self? If you're sitting across the table from your 20 year old self and you could sit there and be like, look, uh, I have something to tell you. What would you say? everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Um, I think for my 20 year old self after, you know, doing all the work that I've done is, is persistence pays off for sure. Um, you know, just persevering and persisting and keeping on going for what you want to go for is super important. Having said that, if it's not working for you and you genuinely feel that to just call it for whatever it is, is, a hundred percent. Okay. So being, you know, listening to your feelings and being, uh, true to yourself, you know, there's a lot of outside influences and, um, and just knowing to to make that I'm going to go ahead with this, or this actually isn't working for me decision. I think that's a huge one. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I have a million things that I would say, but, (laughs) um, I guess, you know, one of the big themes in my life lately has just been to trust the process, you know, um, it's going to be hard and it's not always going to be fun. Um, and things are going to come up that you might try and knock you off of your path, but you know, every single person that I've met, every single job that I've done, every single experience that I've had has led me here. Um, whether that's a good experience or a bad experience, um, so yeah, just just trust that everything is is going to work out and and that you're you're on the right path and if you get taken off that path, you might meet someone or or learn something new or um just, you never know what's going to happen. So. Well, just to add to that really quickly, I never thought that my career would go in this direction in the Green Beauty Collective or working with Jacqueline. Um if you did ask me, you know, even just a few years ago, if I'd be here doing what I'm doing, I, I, I would have had no idea. So mm-hmm. yeah. just being open to that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think that's really profound advice and um, something that, I mean, people need to hear, especially in the beginning, things are hard. And, and sometimes you get that sinking feeling like I'm on the wrong path or like, when is this going to start working out for me? Or, you know, and, and if it can feel very hard at times. So it's, it's always nice to hear. And I do find often people, the advice they, they would give is that, you know, just relax, like everything's going to be fine and and you're on the right, you're on the right path. Yeah. Um, and then last and final question, uh, what is your rebel cause? So what positive change are you trying to create in the world? What gets you up every day? What what uh, what are you rebelling against? This is a good one. <laughs> uh, well, I think for what we're doing and in the industry that we are in is, you know, we are trying to, or we are paving a different path in the beauty industry, in the health and wellness industry. I think they all go together, uh, especially in the green beauty world. Um, changing ideas around how it should be or how it can be. I think, you know, that's what motivates me with what we're doing now with the Green Beauty Collective. Yeah. And making, um, making natural beauty more accessible, uh, to women. A lot of the time we find, uh, women saying to us, Oh, green beauty is going to be a lot more expensive. I can't afford it. I can't find it anywhere. Uh, so just kind of connecting, basically the consumer with the product mm-hmm. um, in a really useful way is, is our goal with our, our business. But I think as people, we, we really want women to feel good about themselves and to feel healthy and happy and um, beautiful, really. Mm-hmm. I love that. You guys are like the natural makeup fairy godmothers. It's- oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that marks the end of our chat. Where can people find you? I know you have your website, socials. This episode is going to be coming out if all goes well on November 28th. So um, where do you have anything coming up? We we are all over the internet. We are. Um, <laughs> we actually have a really awesome private community on Facebook 
called the Green Beauty Collective. And um, it's basically a place where women can come and ask questions, um, get advice. Uh, we release a lot of um, things to our community exclusively. And so for the holidays, we're going to be releasing um, kind of like some pre-orders for our holiday gift packs. And we're going to be doing some holiday gift guides on there as well. And so um, you basically just have to find the group online, the Green Beauty Collective, and um, request to join that group. It's totally free. Um, and then we're also quite active on Instagram. I find that um, most of our followers um, love interacting with, with us there. Uh, and we also have a newsletter that we send out with different um, coupons and deals and, and fun, awesome information. Uh, so you can sign up for our newsletter online as well. And those are kind of the three main uh, places that you can find us online. Okay. So Instagram is at the Green Beauty Collective. Is that right? Or at the Green Beauty Collective. And then your website is the same. Yeah. The Green Beauty Collective. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And I'll link to all of those, of course, in the show notes. Um, yeah. So that that's great. And uh, thanks so much for coming on. And I really appreciate the both of you making the time. It was really great to talk to you. Yeah, Thank was, you. You great. too. Thank you. So that concludes this episode of the Real Rebel Podcast. If you liked it and you do not want to miss another, head over to iTunes and make sure you click that beautiful subscribe button. And while you're there, if you could please leave me a rating and review, it would mean the world to me. And I mean, I just get a little bit high off of them. I'm not going to lie. Hope to see you next Tuesday when I put out an episode with Lucy and Daphne from Salt Design. See you then.